Goedemorgen mensen. Yes, jullie is baie lekker, hè? Ik hou van jullie. Dankie, pastoor. Dankie. <laughs> Turn to person next to you and say, man, you are so cool. So cool. And when I look at you, I realize God has a sense of humor. <laughs> That's tough. Wow. Man, God is so good, eh? And uh, this place is cold. <laughs> you guys feeling it? Yes, I don't know, Miranda, you're sitting there with a short sleeve shirt on, bud. See, that's a real man right there, guys. It's a real man. <laughs> you see, Bash says you need prayer. <laughs> awesome. Hey, guys, we're kicking off with a brand new series this week. Uh, just by the way, we weren't late this morning. Y'all were late. Did you see what time they all came in at? Like 23 or 24? Uh, yeah. Ah, you see. Livy wasn't here, that's why. Livy will, it rounds you guys up. <laughs> Yeah, awesome, awesome. Are you guys are you guys ready to get into some touchy stuff? Because what we are talking about, the name of the series is, um, it's all about the beauty and the baggage. The beauty and the baggage of people. You know, we've done so much, so many other topic, topics in this church over the years, but uh, we've never really focused a lot on relationships, and we find that it's time. There's time to do this. Amen. Also, because we're getting a lot of young couples getting ready to get married, getting a lot of old couples who are thinking about divorce. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Just joking. So it's time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Second honeymoons. Yeah. For sure. If you've still got it in you, oops, go for it. <laughs> Have you got it in you? <laughs> this guy's a man of strength and action, brother. Man van stal. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I, I spoke to a guy the other day. I said to him, so how was the honeymoon and everything? He said, man, we're at that stage now where there's no honey. It's just a moon. <laughs> I was like, okay. We need some prayer there, bro. You need some love. <laughs> awesome. So we, uh, we're going to be focusing on, on people today. It's a very important subject. How many of you guys know that you were made for two things? Okay, you were made to be in deep, meaningful relationships. Number one, with your Father in heaven. Number two, with people. Amen? And... We have to understand that we can't live this life as a living soul without relating to God and people. Amen? Are you guys with me? It's impossible. God gave you the capacity to feel. He gave you in your soul a, a, a place that you can feel and experience things. He gave you a mind to reason with. Amen? To gain knowledge, to share knowledge. And He gave you the capacity to make decisions. Now, a lot of people... They're so frustrated with people, they just want God. But think about it. You can go and get with God and, and, and have all the stuff, but then you've got to take what you get from God and what you're going to do with it. You've got to bring it back to the people. Right. Amen? You were created for experiences. Amen? And the, the, the sad thing is, unfortunately, if two living souls are not relating to each other, you're not going to experience much. Amen? You're not going to experience much. We, that's what we're here for. We're here to feel. We're here to exchange. And we've got to be so careful because sometimes people problems can get so deep and so thick that what we do to ourselves is we try to block people out of our lives thinking that's going to bring us to a place of happiness. And it won't. It'll just simply bring you to a place of no growth. Part of your experience is growing. Part of your experience growing as a living soul is experiencing people's baggage. You can't get away from it. You married that woman. That mother-in-law is there forever. Are you with me? <laughs> Monster-in-law. Okay, I never heard of that one. 
Yeah. I always have to correct that statement. My mother knows Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> you know, so, so the crazy thing is, the very thing that we are meant to enjoy and experience and grow with, which is the exchange between hearts and people and, and feelings and experiences and knowledge and, and all this kind of stuff, it's the place where we can get the most hurt. People. Turn to the person next to you and say, listen, yeah, just get it in your heart right now. Broken people are going to try to break you. They're going to. They might not even be doing it consciously, but subconsciously, they're going to put their baggage on you. Okay? And you can't avoid it. It's a part of life. But this will make you stronger. This will make you wiser. Amen? Turn to the person next to you again and say, listen, yeah. People will always have problems. But remember, you're a people also. <laughs> and some people need to go to English class, back to English class. Are you with me? Do we understand this? It's so important. But we're going to delve into some different dynamics about relationships. We're going to look at different kinds of uh, type of people, personalities. We're going to look at different control mechanisms in the weeks to come. How codependency comes in between two people and how codependency actually drives people to do certain things and it becomes, it becomes evil. It becomes, it's terrible. But we've got to learn. We've got to grow. We're here to be the light and we're here to be the salt. Amen? I'm doing this a lot this morning. I don't know if I've been watching a, a, a rap video or something, but you know, but I feel cool though. <laughs> so let's just determine, let's just you know, determine that in our hearts right now. People are always going to have problems. Do you know that 90% of your life problems are going to be people related? Your computer, you can fix it. Amen. Your car, ask one of the best panel beaters in the country, he'll tell you, you can panel beat it. And if you can't fix the bumper, what do you do? You buy a new one. Huh? But with people, we can't just exchange them. Is, is there I no know some of us want to panel beat them. <laughs> this, is there no warranty, no refund policy? No, nothing, brother. Nothing. Nothing. The only policy is get your heart right because it's coming. <laughs> so we've got we to understand this, and, and this is just a part of life. But it starts with us, eh, Tussle, Bash? It starts with us. If we can learn to understand ourselves, if you understand the things that tick you off, if you understand how to deal with those things, grow above them, and you can only do that with the Father, amen? He's the only one that can actually come into your heart space, clean it up, uh, uh, fix it up, mend it up. It'll never be perfect until you see Him face to face. Let's deal with that right now, okay? But guess what, man? If we can go on that journey, we're going to experience something about people that God has put inside them. And it's really going to touch us and it's really going to help us. Yeah. You, know? you know, you get three kinds of people, they say. You get uh, evil people, wicked people, okay? And then you get foolish people. And then you get good people. And we've got to determine how do we deal with these three? How do we deal with these kinds of folks, Okay? Wicked people, evil people, they're usually very broken, and they're malicious, and what they do is they hurt you on purpose. There's no care for you. There's no vision for you in their, in their life. It's all about them, and that's just how they are. Amen? Foolish people, they hurt you, but they don't know they're hurting you. Are you with me? They're not malicious. They're not trying to break you. They're just foolish. They've never grown. They've never gone to a level in their lives where they can actually give you something. So how do we deal with them? The first bunch, you love them from a distance. <laughs> from a distance. The second bunch, you manage your expectations. Because you know that they're not doing anything malicious to you, but it's just all they know. Maybe it's been passed down from mom and dad or whatever it is, granddads or whatever. And you just manage those expectations with them, 
knowing don't expect them to give you something that they can't. And putting yourself in a position where you can see potential and you will walk with them and you will, you will be, you'll protect yourself, but you can be there for them and you're going to learn things. Amen? And then you get those good people, godly people. Turn to the person next to you. That's one of you. That's you, brother. The godly folk. Now, guess what? Those people are the people that you hang on to and you build with them and you go deep with them. Are you with me? Those are the people that can bring meaning to your life. They can bring deep sense of fulfillment to you. But remember, they're not perfect, but they're good. They're good to go. Are you with me? They're good to go. We can build with those kinds of folks. And let me tell you something. I've learned over my years. I'm I'm almost 50. I'll be 50 in a year and a half. And the thing is, is that let me tell you one thing. People that I have realized are, are those good godly people, man, I hang on to them with everything I've got. With everything I've got. I've been through some of the wicked ones. I've been through some of the foolish ones. It's been a bumpy road. <laughs> but we've learned, you know. Turn to the person next to you and say, are you someone I can build with? <laughs> this is so important, God. Amen. What we're talking about is so important. And we and we gotta deal with these things. We've yeah. got to deal with them. Throw out a question. You've got a question, we'll answer it. But I'm gonna throw it over to these guys before I start preaching. You're never gonna give anything to say, but jump in, guys. <laughs> but when you preach, you preach to us too. We're yes, all, that's we're also true. listening. Yes, and know. to myself. <laughs> yes. Very true. But it's, it's, you know, understanding this thing gives us such an uh, uh, objective view of things. You know what I'm saying? Because when you deal with the three categories, you, what was it? Was wicked, the, the foolish, or simple, yeah? And then, you know, the good ones, the, the good ones. It, regardless of who, which category you're dealing with, it's so uh, easy to make a decision about yourself based on that experience. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And um, let's take... And let's take the Christian, the, the traditional Christian viewpoint. No, man, shame. Shame. Yeah, but they stole all my food from my house while I was sleeping. Oh, shame. What are you saying? No, come back, shame. You know, Jesus loves you. Meanwhile, that guy, he came to steal my food, man. I'm like, I'll feed you for free, and he stole my food. You, you know what I'm saying? I had a car stolen from me one time. That's rough. Tough. I'm not going to meet that guy on the road and tell him Jesus loves you. Maybe it's a bit later in the conversation. I'll get to that one. Hey, first get him in jail, then you go tell him Jesus loves you. First, him. I get my car back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that thing's probably in pieces now. But, but uh, are you guys with me? It's it's actually uh, um, very, very, very uh, um, significant. You know the impact that that people have on our lives. You know, and and uh, I'm speaking to the introverts this morning, right? Because <laughs> the introverts would know. What? Like, like your social energy right now, stay away from me. <laughs> you know, like the introverts know. And then you get the extroverts, they come in like, what up, you know? And then all the introverts are like, can you just, like, like why, you know? You guys can guess which side I fall on that equation. But anyway, um, but you know what it takes when, when you want to connect with people, you know? And, and, and like you mentioned at the beginning, you know, our, our two purposes, one is to connect with God intimately and then to connect with people intimately. And, and you'll find that, you know, as you, you grow in your walk with God, you know, if you prioritize it and you grow with it, you actually start understanding how hectic it is to open your heart to someone. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and I mean, in, in, I, I'm saying today's culture because, I mean, today, I don't know, years ago, you know, but in today's culture, relationships are quick. Poof. Man, I'm telling you, like, people are like, wow, yeah. I'm engaged. Oh, wow. How long have you known him? No, two weeks. What? what? No, God told us. But yeah, but wait. Just because God told you, it doesn't mean <coughs> things magically happen now. There is a stewarding process of this. You know, there's fundamental relationship mechanics that has to be at play. Same with business. God gave us a vision. 
We're going to start a business. Okay, well, well, do you know each other? No, no, no. I saw them across the church, and then that's it. Whoa, hold on. You know those, those Christian jokes? You know, and the guys, it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, no, I like a girl, everything. It's like, oh, wow, are you guys serious? It's like, yeah, but we held hands in the prayer circle today. Listen, <laughs> let me tell you, you know, and <laughs> everyone's laughing. Who's been, no, no one's been in that situation. No, I'm joking. But, you know, when we think about people, they are our most joyful and most frustrating part of life. Jeez. We've preached a lot in this church, but I don't think we've gotten nods like that before. Everyone's like... <laughs> Everyone relates to this message. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's, that, that breakdown that you gave us this morning, you know, and, and the Bible gives that breakdown, you know, um, through Proverbs. You know, we see different character types in the Old Testament. We, we see those, those categories at work. But it's so important that we must be able to have the patience we must be able to have the steadfastness so that when we're trying to connect to people, you know, we see what they're producing from these categories. Yeah. You, you, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that we can say, oh, this one's actually bad for me. Yeah. You, you, know? you actually can't block it out. You can't. You, you can't. You it's know? reality. Yeah. It's reality. Right? Let's go to Hebrews 5, 14, please, Annie. Um, I know Tass is going to jump in now. Just exactly what Bash was saying there now. So cool that you led me to that scripture. And this... Um, Scripture actually speaks about that. You know, it says, uh, talks about those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. So, so like Bash is saying, we, we can't, you know, we can't cut it out. But, but God is saying, by reason, have your senses exercised to discern good and evil. It's a part of your growth. Amen? Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, I'm growing, man. I don't care what people are doing. I'm growing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But uh, it's 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 so important that sorry. Yeah. It's so important that um, you know me. I always go back to the first verse. <laughs> In Genesis two fifteen, um, it it tells us. I was just looking it up now in the, the blue letter Bible that I've got here. It says that um, when God saw um, it was not good for men to be alone. Now, I tell you about, I don't know why, about five weeks ago, it must have been I drilled so deep into that word to go find the roots and everything concerning that word. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, alone. And um, I've done it before, and, and I've looked at it, and it, it really means uh, it's not good for man to be isolated. And then uh, the sense of emotional vacuum. You know, when I looked it up, it's not good for man to have an emotional um, vacuum. I knew that from before, but... You see, when, when you approach, I think, a word um, in, well, the way we do it in Greek, in Hebrew, it's a little bit different. You always, you know, you, you read, and then you always look what they call the fruit and the root. You, you, you know what I mean? So, um, when you look at that word, and, and, and I looked it up in, man, in so many dictionaries to be able to find out what that word really meant is that God had a relationship with, with, uh, with Adam. Now, while he was having that relationship, Adam felt whole and complete. See, I never thought of that before. I, I didn't bring it, in other words, into the equation. Because then if you don't bring that into, into equation, it means that Adam had some kind of um, absence inside of him. Yeah. But if you bring that to the equation, you find out that, like you said before, it, that, that love was not actually brought to fulfillment. So when he made Eve and took him out of, you know, and, and remember, we created, like you said, in the image and the likeness of God. 
So I can't just be full of something and experience wholeness without having someone, and the word there is counterpart, to be able to give that love, and that person has the ability to receive it. You know what I'm trying to say? So that's what he meant. Because, I mean, if you come from a lot of the, the, the Christian background, they always bring that, ah, uh, oh, God saw in nature that there were two elephants, two zebras, two, this is his man, hey, where's the other one, yeah? There are supposed to be two, yeah? There's something odd in nature. Yeah. No, 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 it wasn't like that at all. He saw, hold on, we created, and now Adam is receiving from me, but he hasn't got anybody to give it. And love can only be perfected and fulfilled only when it's received. That's right. It's given to someone else and someone else who has the capacity, like you said, you know, yeah. to create it that way, to receive it and respond. Come on. <laughs> Man, uh, for me, that opened up a whole gamut of, of, um, of understanding. Because suddenly you begin to come to the realization, because I knew these words in 1 Corinthians 11, what it is to be a head. Having the ability to experience wholeness with God, but at the same time, while you're experiencing that wholeness, now you are able to give it to a counterpart who has the ability to respond. And the beauty is in the giving of it. Yes. Because it, it, it finishes off you. It finishes off your love. That's it. That's why First John 4 says, there's just so many verses there. It says, brethren, please, let us not just love in word only, but in deed. And the deed is, is actually the word pior, which comes from the word from poem, which has to do not just... Uh, um, to create to the point that you're manufacturing something. And that's so important because remember, as we grow in relationships, we grow as people and people change. Don't ever think, I think the cycle is between five to seven years, your partner's going to keep changing. And it's called the law of dynamics. It's not the law of statics, law of dynamics. So you're not, the person you married now is not going to be the same person in seven years' time. That I can guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you got an amen uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. I think Auntie Charmaine agrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the dynamics change. Because the person changes, the physical appearance changes, the emotional makeup begins to shape shift. Yep. Your mental awareness. I mean, everything about you changes, like it or not. So that, therefore, the needs in each stage change. So therefore, love value and how I'm, I'm, I'm going to now um, give that love. Because remember the golden rule. What is the golden rule? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that doesn't mean love your neighbor the way you love yourself. It means love your neighbor the way they want to be loved. <laughs> just, just say that again, bud. <laughs> yeah, the golden rule is don't love your neighbor the way you learn to love yourself. Because the needs of your neighbor are different. Amen. So I need to love the, my neighbor the way they needed to be loved. That's the golden rule, by the way. Or else we go back and to the humanistic, well, I'm going to love you. I'm going to buy you the gifts that I like. I mean, that's the, one of the worst things. That's hey? the, this is what my wife said to me the other day. She said, we're always watching the movies you want to watch. <laughs> 
Sorry, babe, I repent. Tasso just <laughs> caused repentance. Do it alone, but <laughs> actually call me. I know what movies you like. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, but yeah. you've touched on something so beautiful, yeah. And and this is where we've got to be careful, especially for folks that are entering into new relationships like dating and all that kind of stuff. Here's a good benchmark for you. You know, while you're getting to know each other, while you are um, creating the like atmosphere, you shouldn't be telling anyone that you love anyone after two weeks, first of all. Because listen to what he just said. He said, love is when you are able to love them that way. But you don't even know them yet, so how are you going to love them that way? You know? We always used to say to the young guys, yeah, before you tell a woman that you love her, you put a ring on her finger. Because only then have you gotten to the place in your heart where you realize, I can commit. This is not just some words I'm saying. This is not just good intentions. But I can commit. You know why? Because I have fallen in love. Now I can say. Now I can put a, fing- a ring on your finger, a finger on your ring. And then I can say, I love you. Are you with me? We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Because guess what? It's not about how that person's going to hurt you. It's about how you're setting yourself up for hurt. Amen? You know, a fool never takes advice. A fool never takes advice. They just keep going, bumping the head, bumping the head, bumping the head. I mean, how can you, how can you continue? When are you going to get to the end of yourself one day and go, jeez, I've got to change something. Something's not working here. So for all the young people that are like, thinking about dating, starting dating, getting into dating. Here's a good one. What Tasso and Bash just brought up is you cannot, you cannot separate how a man or the experience he has with people to the experience he's having with God. You can't. How a man or a woman deals with people is what they are experiencing with God. So ladies, if you're sitting at the table and the guy's arrogant and he talks to the waiter like a piece of dirt, alarm bells. Because, you know, feelings are so strong right now for you and him. You know? But after you get married, about a year later, those feelings dissipate and he starts to treat you the way he treats the, the, the waiter. Because, you know, he's, no, he's not working anymore. He thinks he's got you. Now the true colors come out. You cannot separate how a man or a woman receives from God to how they give to people. It is why you were designed. It's how you are designed. Amen? So what's, what's the first step? What's, what's wisdom in this situation? And, and I think, you know, what did Jesus say? He said, a new commandment. I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we've unpacked that now this morning in terms of what you're saying, you know. And because um, a lot of the time, you know, like I said, that example I use, the guy who stole my car, I'm not going to say Jesus loves you. <laughs> I'll get to that. You, you know what I'm saying? But uh, um, our, our perception of love and acting in love and, and its motive, its intention, how it's delivered, you know, all these kind of things right we cannot say is love until we have that substance with god because jesus said love one another as i have loved you he's giving that loving one another is a consequential effect of him loving us you know what i'm saying and the thing is this now i mean you guys you you can break down these mechanics you know to the nth degree and if we talk about how God loves us, so if we talk about agape, right? Rough definition of the word, agape, the agape love of God, right? Is God's unconditional love, right? But it is more specifically focused, and Tasso, you can complete my definition here if I miss something. It's more specifically focused to the benefit of the one it's directed to. Am I right in that sense? Yeah. It's more specifically focused to the benefit of the one it's directed to. It's the definition of selflessness. Love. Love is the definition of selflessness. Are you with me? And, And it gets very tricky because 
like you saying, I'm going to love you the way I know to love. But now that's centered around self, you know, like, like we were discussing now. But like you said, is that I'm going to love you the way you need to be loved. Because I am more interested now in who's receiving this. You know, and obviously we we're talking on a, on a romantic sense here, but it's in every regard. You know, everyone here will agree, even if you just look at friendships. You know inherently because of your, your love and care for someone that there is a certain way you know you can act with them. You, you know what I'm saying? But someone who is selfish, right, who is not sort of um, receiving that love from Jesus, they would just act with people and say, this is who I am, accept it, you know, sorry, you, you, you know, sort of thing. And that's where that, that wisdom now that you're talking about comes in is because before I interact with people, as a believer, my responsibility is how is God interacting with me? Note I said, how is God interacting with me? Not how am I interacting with God? Because yeah. if we unpack that, that's something else, right? That's a whole other... Barrel of monkeys, no. Yeah. Cat, cat in a bag, whatever it is, right? It's a whole other story that. But how is God interacting with me? Because Jesus said, as I have loved you. So the way he's acting towards me gives me the reference point. The wisdom, not only to act with other people, but when the categories that you um, broke down there, to see the markers when other people are interacting with me. Can you see the manifold love of God, what it does for us, guys? Is that, how, okay, how he's acting with me becomes my benchmark. So I know if someone is not treating me in that same nature, right? Because God loves perfectly, but the nature of that love, the care of that love, immediately I must know. Hey. Yeah. You, you know? Well, this is why it's, it's so important, I think, uh, and I know we... we we're just getting started, but it bears to go a bit practical because of what has been brought up. I know in the big, you know, first couple of sessions, you need to create foundations and all that. But um, this is why it's so important to practice the presence of God, where you enter into Him, and then you begin to understand what it, what does it, it really feel like to experience wholeness? What does that, what does that look like? You know? And you need to create that sense inside your own heart. Because in every situation that you put yourself into or you enter by default, you're supposed to be asking yourself, I'm in wholeness. Now, the minute you, you, you say that to yourself, I'm in wholeness, you immediately have access now to the wisdom of God. Because you're not trying to take something out of the situation. Yeah, hopefully. Well, if you have committed to, to that connection, obviously, yeah. And as you practice that connection of experiencing yourself in him, forget about him coming to you. You enter into him. You know what I mean? Enter into him and experience what it is like to have that sense where all the promises of God are already yours. The sense of... I'm already perfected. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, verse 10 and 14, you have already been perfected because you are sanctified. So that means I am in him and I'm perfected. See, now, that creates a very different vantage point of how you're going to treat other people, how you're going to see other people, you know, how you're going to sit within yourself and almost like slow down the frames within you, you know, to be able to assess the situation in a way that you can see what the real need of the person is. So you, we need to do this practically. It's something that we need to do daily, you know. You know that you, could, you do that with food. <clears throat> you do that with any desire that you have. You enter into that space. You say, I'm whole. And if I'm experiencing wholeness, do I need this food? Because I've already got wholeness. You know, do I need this? Do I need that? Do I need this person in my life? Do I need these clothes? Do I need them? 
And you'll see most of the time, we, we do things out of desperation. And we enter relationships out of desperation and not out of wholeness. That's right. That's right. And remember, when you are desperate, you make such awful decisions. <laughs> you know? Awful decisions. Because a desperate person will, remember, like attracts like, will go find another desperate person. And when you find the person who's speaking wholeness, and you're not going to want them. Because you're not resonating with someone who is whole. You will by default continuously send them away. In the same environment is the person that you really want and need. But you will send them away. Because your desperation is going to attract another desperate person. Sure. That's how it works. Man, that's so beautiful. It's amazing. But you just brought me to a, a scripture that I want to open up. You just, it is so beautiful. This is, you can feel how the Holy Spirit's leading it. No, you guys don't even know what I've put down here. But we're leading to it like, it's so amazing. <laughs> Holy Spirit, man. So what, what Tasso is saying is that another word for that desperation is need. You know, let's go to James and see what he says here. If you don't slow it down, if you don't get whole first, if you don't get fulfilled first by God, you will walk around devouring people for your needs. You see? Now, there's nothing wrong with having a need, folks. But when your need turns to greed, are you with me? When your need turns to greed, that's when you begin to devour your partners, your people, your friends, your family. Look at what it says here. It says in James 3.16, For where envy, envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. The word envy from the Greek means zeal. In the NIV, it translates the word envy to selfish ambition. So where there is selfish ambition, there's always going to be every evil work. Because why? You now, uh, uh, you now turn into a predator instead of a partner. Because it's all about me, my selfish ambition. I have to feel this way. I must be loved. I must be married. I must do this. I must have that. I must get this. And guess what? You become a predator because you now force the people to meet your need. And in that process, you can't build a real relationship. In that process, you won't even get to know the other person. Have you ever had a counseling session where you're sitting with a couple and they're about to get married? I've had this, I think, about two or three times. And I say, describe what you love about this guy. And this this girl will go on about this dude. And I know the guy. And I'm like, I'm like, gee whiz, do I break this to her now or what? But I know this guy. I knew her before she knew him. And everything she's saying about him, it's not true. You see, the need became greed. So now what? So you know what she's done? She has painted a fantasy picture about this guy she's about to get married to. And she's chasing the fantasy to fulfill the need. And she doesn't even know who he is. And they're talking about getting married. What's going to happen in this relationship when they're married? Every evil work. Strife. Envy. Why? Because of the selfish ambition. Because you're setting yourself up to not even get to know the person, enter into a deep, meaningful exchange. It's just, you will meet my need. Hello? We've got to avoid this stuff, guys. And guess what? It's not the other person that was the problem. It was the person who was painting the fantasy. It's their fault. This is a serious, serious thing. And we've got to come to terms with these things because we're going to make lifelong commitments based on false perceptions just so that we can feel okay. Big problems. And once you're in, you're in. 
How do you get out? <laughs> We've got to be real. Once you're in a partnership, how do you get out? You see, Christians are very shallow people. When they read the Bible, they oh, greed is just about money. No, 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 no. Everything starts in your heart. Everything starts in your heart. The highest form of materialism is not the stuff. It's the lust for the stuff. Are you with me? Why is it so quiet? <laughs> Taking notes. Because we're all dealing with our greed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all dealing with our greed. But this is a sobering message, folks. Amen? If we can help you prevent going into something that you haven't uh, um, worked out properly in your heart, or if you're going ahead of the time, you know, God's timing is impeccable. God's timing is impeccable. If you can do things at God's timing, you're never going to rush in anywhere with your greed. Amen? Sure. God is the only answer to all of these things. Now, we can't go too deep because we're already at 10 past 11. So we got, can we go for about another five minutes, 10 minutes? Are you guys okay with that? Everybody's um, dreaming about other fantasies of roast chicken and potatoes. I, huh? I think, I think Lou's, Lou's uh, spoken for everyone. Speak <laughs> to him afterwards. We're going. Yeah. So the problem is, folks, once the need becomes greed, okay, now you, now you no longer, I love it, Tasso used to say this, you get two kinds of people. You get a giver and you get a taker. You can't, that's it. There's nothing else. They're either givers or they're takers. And then you go out in the world and you hear these sayings like, oh, two young people. I spoke to a pastor the other day. He's like, you know, these two young people in my church, they're getting married. And you know, they're going to become one whole because they were two halves. I was like, yeah, you got half a brain. <laughs> two halves don't become one whole. Two holes become a whole. Somebody clipped that. Maybe that's why the... Now about Muslims. Anybody Muslim in here? Praise the God. Praise the God. Praise God if you are. <laughs> you have finally arrived, brother. Oh. Where are you? You're in, the, you're in the right place. We love you. Jesus loves you. That's why they say a woman has half a brain. It's a fact. Yeah, they, they do say that. Yeah. You don't... I'm serious. Just say the Muslim said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> a woman has half a brain. I mean, it's, it's written. It's not something I'm making up. You know what I mean? Uh, okay, I won't go further then. <laughs> Leave it there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so two halves don't make... The word, the word for zeal is exactly the word, the same word for jealousy. Zilia is jealousy, zeal, obviously the passion that you want something. It's exactly the same root word. Yeah. So if you, if the, the zeal becomes jealousy. Yeah, 100%. Now the, two, now the two are competing with each other. You know, it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. And, and uh, sorry, I'm just jumping over because I don't want to lose it. It's important. Remember you said the word a new commandment. In the Greek, it wasn't a brain new. It was something that was wrapped and given, but nobody used it. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So the only, he says, when I give you a new commandment, he doesn't say I'm giving you a brand new commandment that didn't exist before. Yeah. He's just saying, I'm giving you a commandment which was given by Moses, but, but nobody's used it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Reminder. <laughs> hey? Yeah? Wow. <laughs> so... Do we, do, are you guys following? Is it, are you getting something out of it this morning? So much. And you know what? It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how old we are. We can learn these things. Yeah. We can learn these things. And, and I think it's a, that's an important point because, you know, God has, and we've, we've, we've actually been on this thread this year. You know, funnily enough, 2023 was the year of perfect peace. And it's so amazing that everything that, that's come out this year is God's righteousness. You know, if you want peace, if you want harmony, we have to do it his way. Uh, are you with me? And, and 
Um, this year we've seen a lot that his entire intention for us is to experience fullness of joy. Are you with me? To have that abundant life, you know? And talking so much about wholeness, um, you know, we need to look at the life of Jesus. Yeah. You, you know, um, there, there's been a lot of interpretations, you know, about his, his baptism, going into the desert, you know, being tempted, you know, all that stuff. And people will bring in power from every other angle, you know, uh, uh, that, but they forget the one line of, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You see the power of being whole, and I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll break down those mechanics. Yeah, you know, and, that's, and that's exactly the thing, is that if you don't go and find the right source, if you don't go find the right source, you are susceptible yeah. to being in that need and greed. You understand? You have to find the source. Because if you, if you live by that need or, and it turns into greed, what, what happens is you, you literally become the worst type of person in the relationship. You know what that kind of person is called? It's called a controller. controller. So, so now, if I want to get into a relationship with Tasso because I can see that Tasso has something that can fulfill a need in me. Okay, what I'm going to do is, out of greed, out of selfish ambition, I'm not even going to connect with this man's heart, or what he likes, and who he is, and, and you know, the, I don't, I'm not even going to hold value for him in my heart. All I'm going to do is, I'm going to say things, maybe give him gifts, maybe do things for him, maybe, you know, behave in a certain way that I can control him to get what I need to suffice my, my, my desire or my lack. Are you with me? People are doing this to each other all day long, guys. Broken people break people. Yeah. That's why when you find somebody who holds value for you, the word love means value. When somebody holds value for you genuinely, they're not taking, they're giving. Man, grab onto that kind of person with both hands and do not let go. Because you can build something, whether it's a friend or a woman that you find or a man that you meet. This is essential to happiness, guys, in love. It's essential. So we have to find the correct source. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, we have to find the correct source. Amen. Get out your junk from your trunk. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Eh? The baggage. Eh? Yeah. What just, just be a Junk from your trunk. So that means Matthew 4, back to the sower, yep. stop sowing the wrong seeds in your heart. That's it. Let's change the seed. Plant new seeds in our hearts. And we will get what the Bible says the abundant life for us to experience. That's why it's always the kingdom principles. And one of the kingdom principles is the law of harmony. I need to get in step with the spirit. Me. Not I've got the need and somehow... I'm going to bring God, yeah, I'm going to bring Jesus, the Holy Spirit with all of his knowledge, and I'm going to try to work them out and see where we can get our need met around here. No, no, no. Nothing like that. What, it's what, the, what about that one you, where the girl falls in love with the guy, but he's not reborn, he's not a Christian? <laughs> huh? Exactly yeah, what you say. Do something about it, Holy Spirit. <laughs> do something. You know I like this person. <laughs> yeah doesn't work like that guys we have to remember we died Jesus didn't die to come and fulfill our life we died to our life how we experience life and we have to enter into him and we have to trust him while we in him to be able to see because we can't see we'll be able only then to see what we need to do in our lives amen so, step one, we're going to finish with this. Let's go to uh, Psalm 91.14. Let's just read that quickly. Because now we're looking, for the, we're looking for the correct source, right, everybody? So that we don't become needy, greedy people. 
So here's the correct source. Look at this. This is where it starts. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. Find your happiness, your source, your fulfillment in him first. And he will deliver you from all of your needs and your greeds and your control issues and your insecurities and all those things that you're about to go and put on other people. He'll set you on high because you know his name. Yeah. Amen? Let's find the correct source before we find any and, source. And take that name. What is that name for you? And then put it into your heart and say, provider. Stay there. Okay, well, uh, what do you mean provider, Lord? You're my provider what? I don't understand this. How does that look like to me? Always take it to the next level in your heart. What does it mean? I, I, I need to find a person to be with me to, make, to live life. Okay, that's the way we are. Okay, how does it look like? Me, you the provider, you the wholeness. How, how do I find that? Show me. See, the minute you lay your heart bare and you open it up, and you get to that level, you're allowing now the Holy Spirit to show you. But you've got to take that practical step to do it, That's right. to see yourself that, listen, I am whole, this is His name in this situation. But what does it look like to me? Not to Him, not to Him, to me. What does it look like? Okay. And then you work that one out with Him daily. You bring it the next day again into your heart. And the next day you bring it again. What does that look like? And don't leave. Don't jump and go to different needs. Stay on that one until you get and you work it out between you, your wholeness in Him, and the Holy Spirit inside of you. Work it out. It's going to work for you. I'm telling you, you stay there, you will see it. But do it every day. It's going to work out for you. It's going to keep you safe and it's going to set up a vision for life that only God can provide. Why would you want to have a vision where you have to provide? Oh my gosh. Amen? So that's the source. We go to Him. We, we set our love upon Him. He will deliver us from all of our needs and all of our stuff. So there's only one reason why people will walk around with needs and greeds is because they don't know God. They're not experiencing God. Amen? It starts with him. We're ending on that this morning. And I hope you guys got something this morning.